So here we go. This is my day 12, walking the Camino on my treadmill. Following E.K. Lee's video, he's still on day three. But of course, I'm only doing an hour a day. Redoing my own Camino that I did, oh, two and a half years ago or thereabouts. Just gonna move the mic here. So yeah, those um, sticks are making a lot of noise, but I'll, uh, some sort of dragging sound on the video, but I'll keep that low for you guys. So anyone listening, anytime you hear clicks, anyone who's been on the Camino would recognize there's a nice kind of hypnotic clicking sound of the sticks on the road. Current sound, not quite so hypnotic. God knows what I'm gonna talk about today. It's um, Tuesday morning, February the whatever. I'm gonna stop giving the dates. They're irrelevant. The cars are honking them. They're saying Buen Camino. That's kind of nice. Either that or they're saying get off the effing road. I like to think it's the former. Cyclists, at least they're going the wrong way. That's good. He didn't tell them, he said, let them go the wrong way. Regular listeners know I'm not a fan of cyclists on the Camino. They should be incarcerated or worse. Other than that, I'm quite, my views on things are quite mild. So, I really should look up my notes. Um, of course, I'm not prepared. Hold on a second. Well, it is early in the morning, so it's uh, 7.45 a.m. Managed to get up, actually had to do a little bit of work, sort something out and send an email and then get this done, quick shower, and then straight to work, which is in my house, so not far to travel. Uh, my two cats are in good form today, you'd be glad to know. Although Bobby is going through a weird phase and he just starts waking me up and wanting me to go downstairs and then the food bowl, there's food in the bowl, like so. He's, oh, okay, bless you. And um, it's like he just wants me to get up. Maybe he's saying, James, you gotta do your Camino. I don't know, sometimes the thing with pets, cats and dogs, people have talked about them perceiving different things that we can't see. Well, that's definitely true. I mean, okay, I've heard some stories of a sort of more spiritual nature of them being able to see dead people or reacting, you know, people who've just passed or reacting strangely in graveyards. Won't get into that just yet, trying to hold on to my hardcore, my ever-expanding hardcore atheist slash uh, doubtful agnostic audience. But um, 
You know, when the tsunami came in Asia, in uh, Thailand and various countries, they say the animals all ran up to the hills. So, not meaning to make light of anything, but the, um, if you see the animals running for the hills, follow them. Those cars are driving me nuts. They're too loud in my headphones. Um, I was about to say something profound. The cars put me off. And you're going, finally, something profound. Uh, cats. Oh, no. Apologies, nothing profound. Just that cats. Sometimes I think they're really intelligent. They're working on another level than us. People say they know more than they let on. And sometimes, sometimes I feel they do, but my one piece of evidence to contradict all of that, my one piece of evidence that cats, much as I love them, are dumb, is, you know when they catch their claws in something, and yes, of course, my cats are not declawed, and um, they catch their claws in my clothes, uh, bed clothes, carpet, different things. Not so much carpet, but they get it caught in whatever fabric. They keep pulling. I try to show them. Well, one of my cats, Bobby, I can try to show him. Uh, Bessie, the little scared one, if I try to grab her paw, she freaks out. <laughs> I've taken years to win over her trust and it's so cute. And she now comes up to my bedroom, sits beside my pillow sometimes. But I wake up in the morning, she's at the end of the bed. She's a good cat, she doesn't cause trouble. Bobby uh, starts waking me up. And as I said, the latest thing, he wakes me up even though there's food and water and everything there for them. There's food, water, uh, a cat flap, and even a litter that they rarely use, but just if the weather is bad. The, the option is there. Generally, they like to go outside. They're good like that. But Bobby will wake me up. And if he wants me to get up, he'll start walk, climbing onto my bedside locker. He'll knock something off the edge and then start playing with it. I can't put a pint glass of water, which I like, on my be bedside locker because he will... Well, first of all, he'll stick his head into it and start drinking it. So I have to have a bottle of water, sealed plastic bottle of water. Um, tap water, I dare say. You can't, um, oops, apologies, I hit the mic again. Because um, my eyes were closed. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing this with my eyes closed. I've got my sun lamp on. Uh, BK is still, I think, looks like he's moved off the busy road onto a quieter road. But yeah, Bobby, I mean, before... Okay, so sticking the head into the water, that's bad. Uh, but then the other one is, he used to, he like once, I think he knocked a pint glass of water off the edge of the locker onto the floor trying to just get my attention. And 
That may have been an accident, but since then, what he would do if I had one there, he'd start, he'd be meowing at me to get up. And then he'd start pushing the pint glass of water toward the edge of the locker. Oh, look at all these um, suns coming up. The walkers are out. Oh, there's nice kind of chatter of people. Oh, this is nice. I feel, um, makes me feel happy. And here I am in cold, wet, miserable Ireland under lockdown in pandemic era. So, uh, and apparently lots of bad weather on the way. So, but hey, so yeah, it's nice for this period of time to mentally take myself to um, somewhere between Lara Oh, where is it? Oh yeah, Lara Swona and Pamplona. So that's nice. Ah, oh, that's nice. Um, so yeah, Bobby will start pushing the pint glass towards the edge of the locker. Slowly, just in increments, as if to say, look, you can either get up now and tend to my knees, or I'll knock the glass onto the floor. It's as simple as that. Isn't that nasty? I know all you cat haters will be saying, yeah, I told you, they're nasty, but no. Bobby is spirited. Bessie's definitely better behaved. But then Bobby is also more affectionate, so, you know, what can you do? What can you do? Um, where was I? But the claws thing. So yeah, they get the claws caught on something and they keep pulling. And all they have to do, of course, as I try to show Bobby, is put, push their claws the other way and kind of curl them. Do in reverse what you did that got you in the mess in the first place, right? And I'm not the brightest of human beings, especially when it comes to practical things anyway. I like to say I've got my own kind of intelligence. You can say that nowadays. In the old days, no, you're either thick or bright. Now, we can, uh, well, I can always fall back on that. Well, I've got my own kind of intelligence. It's funny, in different work situations, sometimes I think people think I'm thick, which I'm not. I'm actually good at what I do, but I question everything. And people who question everything are sometimes, shall we say, smarter than the ones who are always sure. Being 100% sure of things is dangerous. Buen Camino! I hope you've got your notepads out, writing everything down. I picture my listeners as like um, those guys surrounding um, Kim Jong-un. Is that the latest Kim, Kim Jong-un, the North Korean leader? Anytime you see a picture of him, he's always laughing. Just one sec, I wanna check something. Just wanna check that we're still recording. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, he must be great fun. He must be great crack, as we say in Ireland. Did you ever see the pictures of him? He's like testing nuclear bombs or whatever. 
a big grin on his face like he's just cracked a great joke. <laughs> hey, what are we talking about here? Buen Camino! Oh, I'm looking forward to a coffee after this. I go on and off coffee, but on the Camino? Oh yeah. Café con leche, por favor. And uh, mas leche was something I eventually learned when I wanted more water, more milk. Uh, more hot milk, but it took me a while to figure it out and sometimes the way I was saying it, they thought I wanted more cold milk. That was not good. Not good at all. So, the first cafe con leche of the day. Mmm, yeah. And uh, the first zuma uh, de naranja, orange juice. Oh, oh man. The one thing, no, there's lots I love about Spain, but the orange juice. Surely, that surely freshly squeezed orange juice from really good quality oranges on a hot day. Even on a cold, crappy Irish day. Ah, oh, it's one of the wonders of the world. Isn't it though? It really is. I'll do, I could, maybe I'll just talk about orange juice for the rest of today's episode. But like when I was talking about John Prine yesterday, it's like, no, let his, mu his music speaks for him. And the, I think the taste of the orange juice speaks for itself. I'm either being really profound today or really stupid. It's, it's one or the other. Yeah, don't, don't, don't answer that. Because, yeah, I'm tired. I woke up, Bobby woke me at six. I listened to a bit of news bit of BBC, bit of RTE, like to mix it up, and uh, did a bit of work, kind of just something I'd test that I'd set running overnight, needed to send an important email about that. It's nice when I get to send a really early AM email, just uh, to confound people, because it's not my, not my style. Not my style, as we might say here in the, in the west of Ireland. Um, oh, I got my nice fancy watch on now, I just noticed. I wore it in bed. <laughs> it's like, you know, nice kind of stainless steel bracelet, nice blue face and it catches the light really well. It's like a poor man's Rolex. Tiso gentleman they call it. Well, I think it's fitting for me. I am a gentleman after all, am I not? It's, uh, oh yeah, love the way it catches the light. Ah, sure. I'm easily amused, as they say. Easily amused. And no, costs nowhere near the price of a Rolex. It's kind of based a bit on the Rolex date, just cross between that and the current Datejust and the current Oyster Perpetual, I'd say. 
for uh, watch enthusiasts. For any thieves out there, no. It's one. It's a lot less than a Rolex. It's definitely uh, not much of a resale value on it. You'd think he'd say that anyway. Yeah. See? No, I'm not a materialist, but... Yeah, if I was feeling insecure, and I was out, and I wanted to make an impression, I'd kind of want you maybe to think, ooh, he's got an expensive watch on. I wonder how much it costs. Perhaps it costs a lot of money. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm enjoying this uh, thought process. Obviously, I'm pretty shallow if that's how I get off, but what can I say? But um, I must be shallow. Discovering a lot about myself. Oh, he's climbing up the rocky road now. Oh, yeah, with the sticks. See, on the treadmill, I get none of this. Thanks be to God. I had great boots there, though, so... No, it's fine. It's just when you're tired, you know? Climbing up rocky surfaces. Ugh. BK's doing well, though. He's fit. He certainly will be by the end of it. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So, obviously, if people think I'm a rich aristocrat, they obviously don't know much about watches if they think that, but if they think it, I'm like, okay. Bit of intrigue. But then, of course, if you're a thief, I need, to, I need you to know, no, no, no. I'm not a rich aristocrat, trust me. You'd be wasting your time. So, very hard to put up the dual message simultaneously. You end up just losing respect with Everyone, so, what can I do? Um, oh, I've been walking for 18 minutes, and I have been particularly uh, meaningless. Is that the word I'm looking for today? <laughs> kind of planned doing a little bit of writing before my walk, but then, now, getting that work email off was good. Yeah. Just had to be done. And uh, as I said, it creates the impression of me being a morning person. There's a lot to be said for that. I guess my listeners are beginning to discover how uh, fake I am, how manipulative I am. I'm just trying to manipulate the way people perceive me. I don't think any of it's working. A lot of people seem to still think I'm an idiot. I think on the whole idiot thing, let's get back to that. Different kinds of intelligence. Um, see, they've, they've got these things called quantum computers that they're developing. And uh, I think they don't operate in binary, they operate in probabilities. I think, I don't know, they're unstable at the moment, I don't fully understand it, but I have a hunch, well, it's my last hope that I'm clinging on to, that when they finally get, invent really good quantum computers, 
they will discover that I am how intelligent I am. I think my type of intelligence at the moment can come across as stupidity and just general, yeah, dumbness, um, cluelessness. But I think once they kind of lock uh, my brain up to or connect me up to a quantum computer and it, it will say, oh no, no, this guy, he's, he's good, this guy. And they'll say, oh great, oh he's really intelligent after all. <laughs> they feel like something, something doesn't add up here. But then they'd be saying, well what, so what can we use him for? And the quantum computer would say, oh, can I get back to you on that? You need to build a better computer to figure that out. Kind of like 42, right? The um, Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. They build a huge computer that takes, I don't know, billions of years to calculate the answer to life, the universe, and everything. And eventually it comes up with this answer that the number is 42. Then they decide, I think it's been so long since the question was asked, they build another computer to figure out what was the exact question in the first place. Uh, oh, that person looks really tall. Wow, am I imagining that? I, I, I just looked at the screen. I thought I saw a giant coming towards me. Of course, everyone looks like a giant to me. Um, so, anyway, quantum computers, that's my last hope for vindication. Otherwise, I'll die with people thinking I'm stupid. Uh, or crazy or something. Yeah, I should be careful with those words. But I mean no harm. So we're entering. Oh, I wonder is this the town with the crazy shopkeeper? There I go, I'm using words like crazy again. Oh. Uh, so, my, uh, I was wearing my phone to count my steps on my arm the other day, and then it just showed up as a bicycle ride, and then it didn't clock the right number of heart points, which is, you know, walking at a certain pace. Uh, needless to say, I was dismayed, greatly dismayed, in fact, would be the way of putting that. Hello! Buen Camino! Buen Camino! Buen Camino! Hope my neighbours can't see me now. I've got the blinds drawn, facing out into my French doors. What do they call it? French doors? French windows? You know glass sliding doors here we got some more Korean as I said I'm not translating anymore you're on your own but it's still dark outside I've got my sun lamp on but there's a kind of crack in the blinds they're those kind of you know the fabric ones sort of thick fab or fabric what would you call them slats that go vertically but when my cats were little kittens, they used to just climb up and down the length of them and they ruined them. So it's hard to close them fully. 
So if my neighbors were to, on the one side left of my house, were to walk into the back garden and look, they would, they would see me now lit up. <laughs> okay, I'm wearing sweatpants. Topless. <laughs> and, and my fancy watch. Brackets, not too expensive. Thieves. Um, with headphones on. Lit by this sad lamp, which is quite a bright lamp. That helps, they say, for depressive mood in the winter months. And uh, speaking to myself with a microphone in front of me on my treadmill. See, I don't know what it would look like from there. But, of course, I'm not concerned. I don't care about earthly things like that. I'm, I'm uh, becoming a mystic by the minute, by the minute, by the hour, by the day. By the end of this Camino, I'll be like Thomas Aquinas. I would have reached complete quietness. All you'd hear is the squeak of the treadmill. And hopefully, if you've joined me on the journey of enlightenment, you'll be happy with that. I was considering using my walking sticks today, but of course I forgot. I don't think there's room on this treadmill track. I have a feeling it could cause an accident. I also have a feeling I'll try it one of the days. So stay tuned. It's, uh, it's all ahead of us. Um, 26 minutes. Let me look at my notes. Let's see. Um, Camino topics. David Bowie. I keep flagging him. And I don't know why, because I don't have a lot to say about him, but okay. That's never stopped me before. So, David Bowie, I grew up, so I was born in 71. So a lot of the music I would have listened to was in the 80s. Uh, probably not Bowie's best decade, I think. I really don't know that much about him, but and I, you know, the only sort of classic songs of his I was aware of were like Space Oddity. Um, I was going to say Ashes to Ashes. That came later, didn't it? See, I, I haven't a clue what I'm on about. But I wasn't a major fan. I mean, I, I'm not one of these music heads who knows all the cool stuff to listen to. BK is chatting to his friend here, Korean friend. So now he's moving on. Onward Christian soldiers, as I like to say. Because uh, I'm repetitive like that. We're passing someone on the phone, sitting on a wall, he's blurred out her face. We're in Camino. Now, is there a cafe coming up here? Or is that just a house? Just the house. I think there's a cafe. Ah. 
He keeps going. Okay. Now we're going off the road onto a path. You can hear the click of his stick. Is he just using one walking stick? That's all I can see on the video. Oh yeah. I'll put my fan on here. Getting warm. Doing this for me, yeah, topless is the best because I start to get warm. Um, nice way to warm up considering the weather is a bit cold. So Bowie, okay. Um, so I was never a major fan. I guess I knew some of the Ziggy stuff. I knew bits and pieces. I was just, I was always too lazy to collect music and things. I just kind of hear things from people. Sometimes they give me a mixtape for people of a certain age. They know what that is. And uh, I was into, did like the Smiths, all right. Bit of the cure, but again, I, I heard about these from the cool people. I wasn't one of the cool people, other than in my own head. I'm still cool in my own head, but but Bowie was never majorly on my radar, and maybe some of the stuff I was aware of wasn't his best stuff. Then he did Dancing in the Streets with Mick Jagger. Well, that whole Live Aid thing, yeah, I was. That was an interesting moment. I, I was at an age where that was all quite impressive. Neil Young, I remember from that. Queen, Radio Gaga. <laughs> but uh, of course, that's kind of where Bono and U2 made a big impression. Uh, Irish people don't like me talking about Bono. Well, there have to be Bono fans in Ireland, but. I think the cool media types, uh, I, I, you know, I, that's, I guess I, I orbit on the edges of fringes of that so-called cool media world. They don't like Bono. But we're not talking about Bono, so. As the man in the shop in the Camino said to me, you need to relax. Wouldn't it be great if he showed up? Yeah, I think he might. we might pass that town today. I don't... Oh, well, maybe it was Lara Swan. I was just thinking about it. Yeah. Zubiri, I give up. Yeah, I think it was. We've, we've missed him. But anyway, Bowie really... I was aware that a lot of serious musicians, you know, took him seriously. And I think anyone who survives that long and is taken seriously by a lot of heavyweights, yeah, there's something there, you know, of substance. Whether, obviously, personal taste is a factor. But um, it was really when he died that he came onto my radar. And I remember that last album of his Black Star dropped, as the cool kids say. Um, late in the year, I can't remember the year, it's, it, what is it, five years ago now? The album dropped and they played some of the songs on radio, one or two of them, and they were talking about it on an arts show. And I remember hearing the voice and thinking, he sounds so frail, vulnerable and old, and there was something haunting about it. 
And then was it pretty much the next day or two, next day, I think they announced he died. It was like, ooh. And then I realized he'd been sick for a while and he kept quiet. Only a small number of people in his orbit knew. And then he had a quiet funeral. No big media hype or anything. And that really touched me. And yeah, I'm not one of these people who, like, you know, there was a spate of all these celebrities dying and people saying, oh, 2000 and whatever is the worst. They probably said it when Bowie died and then Prince died. And I don't think that was the same year, but there was a spate of celebrities. And they, oh, it's the worst. And like, well, millions of people die every year. Is it really the worst year in the world because a couple of famous people died? It seems a bit silly to me. But what was interesting about Bowie was there just seemed to be a sort of humility and, and the privacy that around his death that I, I just thought was something beautiful about that. And I bought that album, listened to it. Since then I bought the Low album, which seems to be one of the better regarded ones. And appreciate that, I must listen to it again. Apparently there was a classical version of it done by somebody. Um, and then I started, I looked at clips of him on YouTube. You know when you start looking, and it's more like interviews and things, when you start looking at clips of people, it starts, you end up in that sort of loop, with this echo chamber, they start sending you more stuff. And I just, uh, I was interested in his sort of approach to spirituality and religion because it seems to be something that interests me. And there was a bit where he, um, oh, I also learned just after his death when I read up on him that he was offered a knighthood and refused it. And um, I don't, don't think he made a big deal about it. I think they approach you, you know, to see if you want it. And he said, no. Oh, is this guy, I keep, when Camino, I keep thinking I'm seeing giants. But it could be just a perspective thing. So we passed the giant. So don't be surprised if a beanstalk appears. When Camino, that person wasn't a giant. Maybe that's Jack. Um, Jacqueline. I'm so hilarious, aren't I? I mean, I crack myself up. Meet my humor, meet mine humor. Okay. I do speak to myself in multiple languages in my head. Limited vocabulary. But that never stopped me. So, anywho. Uh, Bowie. Renouncing the, um, renouncing the knighthood, I found interesting. And again, not in some major political way, but just, oh. Because you look at him on the outside and he seemed to be, embrace all the material things, the natty clothes and everything, bit of a style icon, which is fine. And I've come to realize, like for instance, I like opera, 
Only got into it a couple of years ago. Haven't. Oh, there's the bells. Oh, for whom the bell tolls. This nice narrow street now we're going through. Um, I'm not sure exactly where we are. Narrow street with lots of shade. And uh, that's about it. Now we're out of the shade. Just keeping the uh, shutters open in some of the buildings. I don't know how to describe these buildings. They're nice, well-made. Um, kind of brown stone, but not like brownstone in the American sense. I don't know, are they like, you know, adobes? Or they're made with bricks, but they're simpler, aren't they? They're made with mud bricks. Now, here, this is a prime example of me having not one iota of a clue what I'm talking about, and I just keep talking. Sort of like the Duracell bunny, with the same amount of intelligence as the Duracell bunny. I just keep going, and it's, uh, it's, uh, okay, we're following down a hill now, following the arrows. This group of people, someone in front of BK, people behind him. And uh, some mountains in the distance, nice clear blue sky. And Bowie, yeah, see, once I announce I'm going to talk about something, I just start drifting, don't I? I'll have to do one episode where I just talk about what I can see. Although, I'm not really good at describing things. It's just like roads and bushes and hills and fields and sun. So, there's only so many ways you can juggle that around. Um, Hemingway would do a good job of it in a nice, simple, concise way. But, Bowie, yeah, I was touched by that and then start um, seeing YouTube clips of him at the tribute concert for um, uh, Freddie Mercury. He said, he, he said, oh, well, there's only one thing I can think I can do now to pay tribute to him. And he got down on his knees and said the Our Father. And then got up and then started singing. Said the Lord's Prayer. It's certainly not a cool thing to do now or at any time in well, for a pop star, anytime post, you know, 1980. I mean, it was Elvis, guys like that, it's okay, but it's not the kind of thing you expected. Bowie, looking through the comments, people are saying he must be coked off his head, and I, uh, I think that was post his cocaine phase, but I don't know. You know what, I'm like, I don't think he was, and even if he was, I don't care. It's like, how often do you see that? And it's not, it's not the kind of thing you just, I would have discovered without YouTube. And God knows one can waste a lot of time looking at crap on YouTube, but then every so often you discover interesting things. They keep sending me videos about watches just because I developed an interest in watches passing interest and then I start looking at them and I'm like oh sometimes I get sucked in but then the, the commentary it's all so kind of niche and so almost what's the word now not erotic 
but uh, fetishistic. They're looking at it and say, oh, look at the beautifully finished dial. And, and they've all the terms for it, the crown and the dial and the Arab numerals and the case and the, you know, syringe um, or sword, batons. Yeah, I'm learning all the lingo. It's automatic, it's mechanical, and uh, quartz, everybody knows, and kinetic. Uh, I'll save my watch discussion for a day when I'm really stuck. Back to Bowie. What other clips did I come across? He talked about his whole artistic journey was about a search for God, the God beyond God. And he explained that as, and you know, you read the Bible and there's this God, this angry figure, or for many of us, the guy with the dude with the beard and the clouds and the big, big stick. But the God beyond God is that unknown, that undescribable, which is something that lots of people yearn for, search for, find, and maybe don't necessarily put those three letters on it, G-O-D. And then one can have an argument. Someone saying, I don't believe in God. Someone saying, I do. But I'd like, I think sometimes or often they're talking about the same thing. But talking about it is futile. Although, that's not gonna stop me. I'll talk about anything to fill the time here. Um, how far have I to go? 42 minutes, oh yeah, 18 minutes. Better up my speed. I wanna see how the old heart points are going. So I have the phone in my sweatpants pocket. I hope it doesn't think I'm cycling. And uh, let's see, fitness app. Um, da, da, da. Oh, 24 heart minutes. Yeah. Well, that would have been higher if I was going at this speed, I think. Let's go 4.8. And uh, where was I? Um, Bowie talking about the God beyond God, also talking about don't play to the gallery. There was something deep in that clip as well. But you have to, yeah, an artist just having to have that integrity. And uh, I'm sure there were periods in his life where maybe the producers or the, the record companies have some sway over him. Maybe not. But then I look at, you know, he did like Drummer Boy with Bing Crosby, which some might think of as naff and commercial. He said he did it because his mother loved Bing Crosby. And uh, I don't think he was, I think his relationship with his mother was somewhat fraught, a bit like Elton John, I think. But I actually think, isn't that nice? doing that because his mother liked Bing Crosby. Also, the drummer boy, I love that song. I'm, uh, in case you haven't figured it out yet, I'm not cool. And the longer you listen, the more that will sink in. 
I'm aiming for that kind of so uncool that uncool look. No, my look, I won't even achieve that. Uh, although, as I said, let's let's wait for the, the quantum computer. I'm uh, putting all my faith in the quantum computer to uh, tell the world who I am, and I I have a hunch it's going to be positive news. And maybe my dream of being a benevolent dictator will come true. You know, actually, after the computers take over, I just want to say now, I respect their rule. I bow down to them, and I'm willing to serve. So, there we go, got that out there. Like to cover all the bases. Now, I don't think I'm in the mood for sticking at 4.8 kilometers an hour. We're going under a bridge here with graffiti. Dark. If this is a film, you could have tense music, but nothing dramatic is going to happen. Now he's on the other side. Here comes a cyclist. Get a bell. We're going the wrong way. That's good. That's the way we like them to go. And uh, what's coming up here? Is this a cafe? Ah. I'm looking on a phone, it's hard to see. I've replaced my tablet with an old phone, but in better nick. Plays better, but just when I edit this, then I can see it better on the big screen. As you can see, once I start talking about technical stuff, I've run out of things to say. So, uh, let's take some water here. Actually, I'm gonna drop my speed to 4K, I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. Mm. Oh, that water is so good. The sun is coming up outside my backyard. I just so hope that my neighbor doesn't appear and glance over the picket fence. Uh, God knows what they think of me as it is. The single guy with two cats who never leaves the house. And that was even before lockdown. <laughs> uh, yeah. Going up a hill now. It's uh, tough. The toughest thing is having the backpack on your back. Halfway through when I was sick, I started sending my pack ahead. Of course, that's when Camino. That's politically divisive. Some people don't like it. They like to make a point somehow to let you know, well, I'm wearing a pack. Buen Camino. As I said, yeah, when it comes to the queue for heaven, when we're lining up, maybe they'll uh, be ahead of me in the queue. And rightly so. Um, although, as I've also said, I have a feeling St. Peter and the lads up there don't really dig this whole Camino thing. They're not really, they're like, yeah. A lot of people are talking about the Camino, but we don't know about that. However, we know all about your sins. Let's just get them up here on the computer. Oh my God. Um, 
Need some more paper here for the printer to print them all out. So, here we go. Was this the point where my legs started giving in? Do you know something? I'm just, yeah, he's gone up steps now. This is tough, this is hilly. I'm not quite sure, like, I stopped and started at different points than him. But somewhere on my way to Pamplona from wherever, maybe it was from Narasona, um, my knees were killing me, from, and the damage had been done on day one, really. And every step was painful. And actually, yeah, I think, I think I recognize this point. There was a point where, let me think now, the day before, I had passed a woman called Rita from Canada, from British Columbia, Kelowna, or one of those places in British Columbia. Shout out to all my BC fans out there. Actually met a lot of people from the Pacific Northwest area of North America, um, Washington State uh, and, and uh, British Columbia. For some reason, met a lot of people from that area. I guess, well for one thing, hiking is pretty big in that part of the world. Maybe that's a factor. Um, so I met Rita, passed her by, and I remember she was 80, actually. Good shape for her age, but she, um, I thought, will I say hello or not? Then I thought, oh, yeah, I'll say hello. So I said hi. We got talking. Told her I spent a year in Vancouver. And uh, after a while, I said, um, well, she suffered from, she had a lung condition. What do they call that one? I can't remember, but you know, her, her breathing wasn't the best. There's a term for it now. Anyway, but some sort of pulmonary condition. But uh, she had walked the Camino before and she said, you know, if you get tired, get a bus. But I really didn't want to. And also I'm, you know, a good bit younger than her. So I uh, managed to do the whole thing without getting a bus. If I did it again properly, not on my treadmill, maybe I'd be, as the guy says, do you need to relax? Maybe I'd be really chilled out. Maybe I'll just get a bus the whole way. Because some people get buses for the boring bits and then just dropped off for the cool bits. As I said before, I think there's a metaphor in there trying to get out. Metaphor for life or something. Um, so anyway, I got chatting to her. Actually, at one stage, I'm going to lose my BC fans here, but I said, you know, uh, you don't seem like you're from British Columbia originally. She said, why? I probably heard it in the accent as well, but I, she said, why? I said, because you're friendly. <laughs> okay, goodbye, my one BC listener. And uh, she said, well, no, I'm from the prairies originally. I can't remember where in the prairies, but I think British Columbians are, just on the whole, certainly a lot more reserved than people from the prairies. And anytime I met friendly, kind of outgoing people, they often ended up being from the prairies. And I guess it's a cultural thing, but being Irish, maybe I just gravitated more towards them. So yeah, I said, oh, 
think you're from BC? She said, I'm not. She said she lived most of her adult life there and still found it to be unfriendly. I don't want to put that out there as a big statement. That was just her experience, my experience. And I think these things are cultural, right? Um, so, the next day, when I'm walking somewhere along here, um, I set off early, my knees were killing me, and I had no sticks. This is a miracle alert, miracle alert, miracle coming up. Um, stay with us, we'll be right back after the break, after this word from our sponsors. <laughs> Who would my sponsors be? It'd be those youngest dudes in America, the so-called pastors selling miracle holy water or something. I reckon they'd sponsor me if I dropped all the references to illicit substances. Not that there's that many of them. Anyway, so this day I am really struggling. And then I'm like, I'm going so slow because my knees are killing me. I'm thinking I'll never make it to Pamplona. And then I was saying, I was looking for a stick. I mean, just a branch or something. I don't know, none of the trees, there was no, I needed a good solid branch, you know, to, like, so I could hold it and walk like some sort of biblical prophet or something like Moses. Couldn't find it and I was praying for a stick. Praying to this God that I, on a good day, think might exist. And on a bad day, well, I'm like George from Seinfeld. I'm like, yeah, God's only there for the bad things. So I got into this huge, all my anger came up inside me. Anger with God, the world, the universe, people, my knees, me, everything. And I'm saying, God, give me, a, show me your reel, give me a stick. And if you can't find me a stick, then beep off. That was a, uh, sometimes I think those profane prayers are the best ones. Others would suggest I'll get cast into hell for them, but something so authentic about them. And uh, so at one point I just stood over to the side I don't know, it was somewhere between here and Pamplona, up, up atop the hill, or anyway, there was a little place where I could just stand off the trail, because it's a narrow trail at the moment. And like my eyes closed and people were passing me. I didn't want to make eye contact. I didn't want to say Buen Camino. I didn't want anyone to say it to me. And I think I was giving off, off the vibes, no one said it to me. And I'm just like, F this and F that. And oh my God. I mean, the Camino will bring this stuff out in you. Or in me, anyway. And then I heard a voice. Oh, hi, James. And it was Rita from the day before. Oh, here was a church on the left. BK, please go in. Even just for the shade. Like, yeah. Well, I like the churches, but as I said, even on a practical level, the shade. Anyway, onward, Christian soldiers. And, um, oh God, I'm running out of time. So, miracle alert, right, right, coming up right now. Don't go anywhere. 
Um, we're walking through a nice bit of shade here. Oh, I can almost feel it. So, Rita goes, oh, hi, James. And like I said, I can remember specifically the day before, I nearly didn't say hello to her. And if I hadn't, she wouldn't have stopped and said, hi, James. My eyes were closed, I didn't want to talk to anyone. And I go walking along with her and I just told her, I said, I'm angry with God. She was quite religious, she was a Pentecostal. And uh, I just said, you know, my knees are banjaxed, I'm praying to God. Or I, I don't know if I said I was praying for a stick, but I mentioned about my knees being banjaxed. And she said, do you want one of my sticks? And she gave it to me. And I said, are you sure? Because she was 80, but she still had one, you know? And we were going slow. Like, one is so much better than none. And I took it because I don't think I could have made it to Pamplona without it. And I walked for the rest of the way with her to Pamplona. And when I got to Pamplona, we, I, we went our separate ways at some stage and there was a church and I went in and I think a mass was just starting and I sat through it. Afterwards, the pre none, no, I think it was a priest came up chatting to me in Spanish. And we had a broken conversation, but it's definitely one of those moments where, for me, type of miracle where I prayed for a stick and received one. And of course, the angry atheist voices in my head are clamoring for attention. <laughs> and just right now, what I say to them is, F you. <laughs> Or F off, we'll talk to you another day. I can't spend my whole life accommodating every point of view. All I can recount is my experience. Thank you, Rita. I don't know if you're still out there, still alive, but uh, it was a blessing to meet you, and it, it was, I experienced it as quite a profound moment. Isn't it nice that I, every so often, I stop being whimsical and making bad jokes and kind of get in touch with vulnerable moments? That's what rewalking this Camino does for me at times. A certain points of it remind me of certain experiences. And as you can see, it doesn't happen a lot. But this walking and talking is so different to you know, sitting and talking. Um, brings out something different to me. So let's have a look at where we are. Oh yeah, I've got a minute left. 2.59.07, okay. So, thank you for listening. And, uh, oh yeah, I gotta wrap this up at, as soon as we hit that hour. And we'll be back tomorrow. Can't promise more miracles, but There'll be a couple more if, if, you, if, you, if you behave. And uh, open to sponsorship. Actually, I'm not, because that means I'd have to clean up my act. I mean, I'm managing not to swear pretty much, but the story, as I said, some of the best stories from one's youth involve being a naughty boy. I don't want to excise them completely. I gotta reserve some 
preserve some sense of me being even slightly cool. Okay, so Buen Camino, someone's whistling there, that's nice. Buen Camino, God bless, see you tomorrow. Be good. <laughs>